inspired by a galaxy far, far away, you're listening to Force Fan Podcast. Hey, what better time to talk about the Phantom Menace than a random Monday night when we're like 25 days away from seeing the Rise of Skywalker? Oh which my is crazy. god. <laughs> that is freaking Less crazy. Less than a month now. Yeah. Oof. So, uh, we're going to be reviewing or revisiting uh the saga one episode at a time in chronological order starting with the Phantom Menace. So, Kat, how's about you start in? Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> bring us up okay. to date. How was your first experience with uh, the Phantom Menace? I'm pretty sure you have a well, more interesting story than I do. I have to give some background. So, in 1999, I was, I'm like, how old was I? I was 16 years old, 15 years old, actually, probably when the Phantom Menace got released, not 16 yet. And um, I had gone with my dad to see all of the special editions and I'd really gotten into Star Wars. And when they had announced that they were doing the new movies, it was really exciting. And so I was really pumped to go see the new movies. So I made my dad take me um, and he was really excited to see them, too, because more Star Wars. Um, who's not excited for that? So <laughs> we picked you know i don't think we saw it opening weekend because you know people were doing the crazy like i remember the news articles about people lining up outside the theaters so we definitely (laughs) didn't go see it opening weekend but we went and saw it at the cinerama which is in seattle it's kind of it's the old school movie theater it's only got one screen so they only play one movie at a time and it's where i'd seen all of the special editions and where i've seen every star wars movie um and so i just remember you know getting there like super early because of course there were still lines um to see it so you know getting getting there early so we could get in line to get our tickets and then finding you know a seat in the theater like rushing to find the best seat in the theater um and it was just like it was i just remember being so excited because it was like this you know i'd seen the special editions but obviously those were re-releases you know i wasn't not i was not old enough to see the original trilogy in the theater. And so this was like the first new star Wars that I was getting to see on the big screen. Um, and I loved it. I mean, like I said, I was 15, maybe 16 when I saw it, you know, cause it came out in may. Um, and you know, I, I ate up every single minute of that, you know, it's definitely, <laughs> hadn't quite hit like the cynical teen years yet so (laughs) uh, you know i i remember i remember really enjoying it and being really excited especially because it seemed to open up so much more of the galaxy far far away and give us so much background that we'd never even seen before and as someone who got into star wars when she was about you know like 13, 14 years old, I wasn't really at the time super aware of the expanded universe. 
I had a vague notion that it existed and I definitely remember like seeing the Thrawn novels in my library. Right. But it hadn't really like pinged. So so this was like it was like mind blowing at the time because it was just like, whoa, like there's all this other cool stuff going on. So I just that's kind of my major takeaway from that time. It was just really exciting to think like more Star Wars and getting background on what had been happening. And yeah, so that's my long winded. That's my long winded memory of seeing the Phantom Menace. <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, but and I mean, like, but I mean, I, I was I was so into it, like and I want to find I want to find this. I still have the box somewhere. I mean, I was like cutting out. Um, paper, you know, clippings, newspaper articles, and like I had them in a shoebox that I kept in my closet, like hidden away. <laughs> Nobody could know. Um, and I, I saved all of my ticket stubs and put them in my diary, which I still have in a box that oh I think is in our storage unit. God. And I, I know, and I want to find it. You're like, gonna have to read that see. live on the podcast I, at some point. <laughs> That'll be fantastic. Um, and, and see if I actually wrote about seeing Star Wars because I was so, so excited to have like that being able to see it on the big screen, like as it came out, because I didn't I didn't get to do that with the original trilogy. What about you, Adrian? Maybe not as awesome a story, but just as convoluted. <laughs> So, yeah, you were 15, 16. I was six going on seven. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And I, I feel I, old. <laughs> at that point in my life, I had uh, the, the Return of the Jedi special edition had been my my biggest. You know, I actually had the cassette. My mom got me the cassette at some point. That's someone I just watched over and over and over. Nice. Again. And then, yeah, I started seeing stuff for. Star Wars, Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, TV spots here, Taco Bell cups there, Pizza Hut cups there. It's like, wow, I guess there's a new <laughs> the Star Mountain Wars cans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I started like, I remember I kind of asking, hey, can we go watch Star Wars? Hey, can we go watch Star Wars? Cool, cool, cool. And I think that was initially the plan to actually go watch Star Wars. Uh, like you, it was an opening weekend. But, uh, you know, I would go grocery shopping with my mom. She would buy me these little uh, these little kid books, tie-in books. I, I had one where uh, mm-hmm. Anakin, like thinking back now, An- Anakin was on Coruscant waiting uh, for Qui-Gon oh. to get out of, a, out of a council meeting. Then this little kid. Oh, interesting. Yeah, this little kid uh, uh, is like crying because his nanny droid is going all crazy and malfunctioning. So it's Jar Jar, Anakin, and this kid chasing down this nanny droid across Coruscant. They end up in a, <laughs> they end up in like a garbage, uh, garbage shoot. That's where it ends. Oh, and of course. Yeah, always right. <laughs> and I think Anakin fixes him, fixes the nanny droid, and all is good. Oh, and, and then yeah, then Anakin and Jar Jar walk back, and Qui Gon's still looking for them, and that's where it ends. Oh. I had another. Do you one. still have that book somewhere? Oh, I doubt it. I might, it might be at the house, at my, at my parents' house, but I really, really do doubt it. There's oh another one. There's another one where it was a uh, Qui Gon and Obi Wan meeting Jar Jar. On Naboo. Mm-hmm. And yeah, going to the Gungan City underwater. And I think that one ended with them going on their way to go, go warn the Naboo. You know, mm-hmm. little, little, little cool stuff like that. One of them came with stickers. You know, it was awesome. So all the tie, that, that, that's high in material, I guess, was my first introduction into the world of the Phantom Menace. Nice. 
And then, okay, movies get to come along anytime now. Then one day we were going to my grandma's house. I remember very vividly uh, my mom got a call. I think it was one of my uncles. And he's like, oh, okay, right? Yeah, she's talking, yada, yada. She hangs up. She said, we're not going to go watch Star Wars. And I kind of like, why are we not going to watch Star Wars? What is this? You know, I got, I got sad. Yeah. Turns out my uncle got a hold of a VHS bootleg. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where. Uh, yeah. You know, as we as we go along through these, you're gonna realize that the prequel trilogies were very much a bootleg type experience for me. But uh Oh, that's yeah. so interesting. It is, right? But anyway. So we get to my grandma's house or we go back to my grandma's house. And yeah, my one of my uncles is there with a VHS, and we start watching the new Star Wars movie. <laughs> and it is terrible. It is this terrible, terrible quality uh VHS. There's static lines everywhere. The it's obviously something oh, with a God. camcorder in the theater. Right, you can see people getting up. <laughs> oh, it's just bad. But, you know, little old me, I'm six going on seven. I don't care. I'm watching Star Wars, right? That's true. I have no idea what's going on, but hey, that's a lightsaber. Hey, that's uh, that's Yoda. Hey, look at that. I remember jumping. Like, I was frightened when uh, when Darth Maul uh, stabbed Qui-Gon. Even through Ooh. the static, even through the terrible image quality, I still jumped at that moment. Like, whoa, something bad just happened. What just happened? Oh, oh, God. And uh, yeah, I remember it ended and I'm like, that was cool. I don't know what happened, but that was cool. And then about <laughs> a few months later, I want to say a year or so later, my mom rented me the actual VHS. And, <laughs> and your mind was blown at how yeah. much better it was or... <laughs> So, so the pod race was completely new to me at that point because I had no idea what was going on in the pod race on the on the bootleg. It's just like what what is it's just noise to me. So yeah, my first that was my first experience, and I didn't get the actual experience about a year later after my mom actually rented the the movie for me. <laughs> oh, so not on the big screen. No, no. Maybe 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 someday. That's in the bucket list. You're not going to do one. Yeah. Are is are there any theaters near you that are doing like the the eight movie? Yeah, a bunch of them. Bunch before. of them are. I I do not have the stamina for that. I know it's. <laughs> I can do it on my couch. Yeah, yeah, like just me. <laughs> but spread over several nights. But yeah, no, I kind of feel the same way. That's a long time to be sitting in a theater. There's a point stewing. where it becomes this is so cool. To I'm getting kind of tired to you're zoning out to this is torture yeah and star It'll wars should like, not be experienced that way no no never uh-uh. defeat defeats the purpose well i think it's amazing that based on your experience like you were still like even with a crappy bootleg vhs that it was still so captivating at at that age like even amidst, even despite that, you know, it was still like, this is so cool that, you know, or, you know, being scared with Darth Maul and stuff. So, yeah, I will always remember that. Star feeling. Wars can transcend crappy bootleg VHSs. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so uh, yeah, before that, again, it was just Return of the Jedi. And uh, the first time my mom rented a, a New Hope, that was really my my real introduction to Star Wars. And yeah, I don't think I even saw Empire by that point. 
I would just watch them out of order. Just oh wow! Yeah, I was still young enough that I really didn't follow the story as much didn't as I just care. yeah like the. I was like, ooh, that's cool. Yeah, action. Yeah, yeah. Now the Blasters. actual story didn't come until much later after the prequels. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of janked up, but oh, there it is. That's mine, and I own it. <laughs> that's yeah. No, that's that's a great story. I mean, I <laughs> I love that. So now having seen The Phantom Menace more than the, you know, two VHS times, what is your favorite moment in The Phantom Menace? I mean, it's it's got to be Duel of the Fates, like easy. That is the whole the whole third act. Once the battle gets going, you got the lightsaber duel, yes. you got the battle in yeah. space, and then you got the battle in the palace. That, that's just, it, it, it echoes the ending of Return of the Jedi where you got this three-tiered battle going on simultaneously. But the I love mm-hmm. the way it lines up in the Phantom Menace where uh, all the beats are the same. You know, they get captured. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, there's four. There's the Gungan battle going on, too. There's just so yes, much going yeah. on in that uh, in that third act, in that final battle. And everything just lines up perfectly like, like poetry. It rhymes. No, the third act of the Phantom Menace is actually, I mean, overall, I think a lot of people. So I watched... Um, I watched the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones this weekend, and I think a lot of people like really slept on these and like going back at them like, yes, you know, they're not perfect, but like there's a lot that's actually great about them. Um, oh, no doubt. And really enjoyable. And yeah, the the third act of the Phantom Menace, when you've got kind of this four pronged battle that's happening is actually maybe one of the best third sequences in in a Star Wars movie. Um, I would agree with that. You know, it's it's yeah. I mean, I when I was watching it this weekend, I was like, I was like, good. I love this. It's so good. You know, you're, you've got you just can't help and, but being in awe of it, right? Yeah. And what I what I appreciate too about it is that uh, the Phantom Menace is. I don't want to say it's aimed more towards children, but it's definitely lighter than Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, definitely, right? Yes. I mean, even despite the politics that are involved, right. really, there's not even like that much politics. Um, and let's be real. The politics in The Phantom Menace are pretty pretty dumbed down. Like, let's, let's be oh, yeah. real. <laughs> They're dumbed down to a, a, a level that like anybody in any age, I think, could kind of follow along what's happening mm-hmm. right well and the other thing i have to say is going back now with the um with the 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 material that we've gotten especially the books specifically master and apprentice yes. and queen shadow which takes place between the phantom menace and attack of the clones i have to say those two books have also really i guess enhanced my love for this movie um, Master and Apprentice because it really it's all about the relationship between Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon and then mm-hmm. it just adds so much more dimensionality that we obviously don't get to see on screen because there's only so much you can see on screen um, so you know thank you Lucasfilm for still giving us prequel era content um, to kind of help flesh out some of that because honestly I mean, I liked the movies anyway, but I it really like just increases my love for that era and those movies. Just having that little kind of extra 
I don't know. I think my favorite, I can't, I don't even know if I have a favorite moment in The Phantom Menace, although probably um, Duel of the Fates comes close. Maybe my favorite moment. Can I guess? Moment. Can I guess? Yes, please. Go ahead and guess. Is it? Is it when Padme comes forward and reveals herself to be the real queen? <laughs> That's definitely one of them. Okay. I actually, it is, so it is a Padme moment. I mean, so I was 15 going on 16 and having Padme as like a 14 year old. Basically, I mean, you know, Anakin does stuff in the movie, but Padme gets to do a lot, too. And that was just plus she's got amazing costumes. So that was just like <laughs> my girl. I love her immediately, you know, even in like the trailers and stuff. I was like, yes, no. So I think personally, my favorite moment, it's also during the third act, but it's when they have the Viceroy has Padme and Panaka and they're in the throne room and things look dire. And then Sabe and the other group comes mm. running up and he's like, oh, there's the real queen. Get her. And then they close the doors and Padme's like, and now we will discuss a new treaty. And it was like, bam! <laughs> I love that part. But I also love when she reveals that she's the real queen, too. Um, that is it. That's a scene near and dear to my heart as well. I was really thinking it's going to be one of those two. It has to be one of those two. <laughs> yeah. She like Closely followed by Duel of the Fates because, I mean, really, that was like, whoa, lightsabers. And, you know, who doesn't love that? Well, more than just the lightsabers. I mean, this is back back in the day this is the first time we we're seeing full-fledged jedi in a star wars yes movie. yeah i think it was as epic as everybody imagined you got this giant giant uh uh, uh arena right they're battling in this generator room or whatever mm -hmm. right you got the duel of the fates music this you know oh, it's almost like a church uh it's got this church vibe to to it with the choir and all that yes like, yeah with the, the choral music the epic the epic vibes to to this whole sequence is just like again, I saw it on a crappy VHS tape, and even I got a sense of awe from it. Like, whoa, we had never seen Jedi really like that before. So I, I think even mm -hmm. the biggest prequel haters got to give it props, just because you can't not say that's not epic, you know? It is. Plus the whole, you know, Qui Gon dying and Obi Wan. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, just all of it. It's good. The last, the last act. Shift oh, and <laughs> it's beautiful. You and you totally called it with the whole uh, Master and Apprentice thing. I haven't read Queen Shadow yet, but uh, yeah, having read Master and Apprentice and watching this again, I watched both Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace today. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, the, the little looks here and there between Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon or little arguments yes. or little, hey, mm -hmm. it's okay. You know, you're good. I'm not mad at you. It's like, wow. Like those little moments that kind of really didn't add anything before it was more of a texture before it's now a full-fledged character moment when taken into context with the book yeah so i feel like i watched the movie again for the first time surprisingly enough today right it's like yeah, a different it felt like emotionally you kind of have like this new understanding of of what's happening or kind of what's behind what's happening no i totally agree because as i was re-watching the phantom menace i was like wow you know, I feel, yeah, <laughs> it's almost like a whole new movie. <laughs> and then even when Maul uh, gets cut down, you're like, I'll see you later. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, I know what's happening. Well, and like what I what I also kind of love 
Um, and I know you haven't read Queen's Shadow, so I'm going to try not to like spoil anything. But there's stuff that happens in The Phantom Menace that, that comes back in Queen's Shadow and is pertinent um, to kind of what Padme has to deal with when she comes back to the Senate as as an actual senator. Uh-huh. And so, you know, that was I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is going to come back and you're going to have to deal with this later on. So, yeah, like I said, I'm just happy that we're kind of getting some more extra prequel, prequel content yeah. that kind of helps flush some of that out, um, which I love. And I think, as I said earlier, really adds another dimension to the films. <laughs> Ugh. If you're into that, you know what? Say what you will about the prequel film's quality. I would argue that the extra material set in the prequel era is the best mm-hmm. material, extra material from it. Ooh. I, I mean, I, I'd like to see more, but so far, yeah, it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I could, I think that could be a, a fair argument for that. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we, we uh, also reached out to onto the social medias to see what uh, some peeps had to say about the Phantom Menace, and uh, it's pretty interesting how a lot of us do really appreciate the uh, world building that uh, the Phantom Menace does. You could call it boring, you could call it uninteresting or whatever, but it sets up a whole new universe that goes beyond a cantina <laughs> or a fort, you know? Yeah. So uh, Adam Stevenson on Facebook said that The Phantom Menace was his first experience as a Star Wars movie in a theater. He was also 16, and he absolutely loved it. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) And he specifically mentions that the audience reaction to Obi-Wan slicing Darth Maul in half was unlike anything he'd ever seen in a theater. Which I can can vouch for that because the VHS recording I watched had people cheering in the audience (laughs) when Maul got cut down. So, yeah. Yeah, so he says that he's never even come close to getting that kind of reaction in a theater again. So that's pretty freaking cool. Oh, interesting. That's cool. That is really, really, really cool. And, yeah, and same with uh, Matt uh, Ostrowski. He loves the world building. It's the first film in the series to show life beyond the galaxy, besides just a few, a couple of, you know, core characters or places. Massive cities, millions of people going around their business, going about their business. It's there are thousands of stories all around the one we're experiencing, and that's cool. Like, I can appreciate that that assessment. That's, like, so true. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, that's one of the things that I love about the prequels in general, but mainly specifically about The Phantom Menace is it really does just, in one film, kind of expand even more of what we get to see in the galaxy. Yeah, it carries the burden of building all that up. For better or for worse. Yeah. All right. So before we wrap up, uh, something we're going to be doing, too, during these little uh, revisit episodes is try and come up with a theory or some sort of connection to how the Rise of Skywalker is going to connect to mm-hmm. each of these films. Mm-hmm. Since supposedly it's all coming together here. So, uh, yeah. Cat Ray, how is the Phantom Menace going to influence or connect to the Rise of Skywalker? <sighs> I... <laughs> so my I have two I- ideas ish maybe and they're kind of connected I think rewatching the movie uh just recently I think 
that we're going to get something about how Anakin was created slash something to do with the midi-chlorians. That's kind of my wild guess to throw out into the ether, Um, especially with Palpatine either still being alive or resurrected or who the heck knows what's going on there. Um, I think there may be some kind of weird force element that we might see. And so for me, at least in the Phantom Menace, that goes to Anakin being theoretically created by the midi-chlorians. JJ did say in that article that uh, when he talked to George Lucas, midi-chlorians did come up. So maybe there's something there. So we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. And I mean, this is... This is just based on my wild conjecturing. I don't think I'd actually read that article. Is that was that in the um? Is that one that was one of the recent ones, right? Like the van or the Rolling the Rolling Stones, Stones one, I think. Whatever. Or was it before? I don't know. There's so many coming out. Right I don't now. know. Yeah. I don't think I actually read it. So I came up with that all on my own. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Well, okay, so I. You know, you know how we saw the the B one battle droid in one of the trailers for the Rise of Skywalker in the background. Oh yes, yeah. So it got me thinking. All right, Palps has been in hiding supposedly for all this time. Mm-hmm. What if? Cool. Stay with me. It's kind of out there. You okay, know? no, I'm I'm here for out there. That's fine. <laughs> what if we see a return of the droid army? <laughs> so you see, you see all, all those Ooh, star destroyers coming out of the ice. You know, whatever. Who? <laughs> Who's um who's manning all those star destroyers? You know, I don't think there's not going to be first order troops. I don't think it's going to be imperial personnel or stormtroopers there. What makes more sense? What can who can keep a secret this long? Who can work in these kind of conditions? Hey, droids. You know what? Ooh, that's that's actually not a bad theory, especially because as has been noted by ourselves and I and other people out on the internets um uh, there's the one poster that was released that has the solo x-wing kind of staring down a bunch of destroyers right, right and right. the destroyers all have like the orange the clone wars uh, the, the republic the side, which is kind of like the vibe. clone wars uh-huh. but you know if there was like a graveyard of ships or something that you know they're they're done who's to say that they couldn't be populated with battle droids or something so intriguing that's not that you know you may not be that far off just just trying to think logically here just like within from what with the info we we have like it would make more sense for pops to just surround himself with droids i think right Mm. yeah well i mean and we know another uh sith lord who ended up becoming part droid so (laughs) there's some not that Palpatine would necessarily be part droid, but there's definitely some. Yeah, I know. I'm just like wildly speculating. I'm like, I have no idea. But given that it's the end of the Skywalker saga, I'm thinking something to do with Anakin, potentially. Cool. So uh, that does it for this minisode on The Phantom Menace and why we love it and how it's going to connect to The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Uh, like I said, we're going to be releasing these uh, fairly close to each other. No real gaps. Uh, all leading up to The Rise of Skywalker. So uh, please subscribe, follow along on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Force Fan Podcast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Lab Pro. 
You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at CatWright. And uh, we'll see you guys next time when we talk about Attack of the Clones. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you. you.